above all else, I want to know what God says. And I want to respond to it because he's the king and one day I'll answer to him. The eternal perspective is important. That's the voice of Pastor Mike Fabares of Compass Bible Church in California. He's Ed Cannon's pastor, actually. He is. And uh, last week here on the podcast, until all have heard, Ed shared a conversation with Pastor Mike. Today, part two of that conversation. Ed, last time you talked about the Great Commission, what's coming up today? Well, it's about the fundamental role of the church, the foundation upon which a good church must be built. And I have to say that Pastor Mike Fabaris is one of the best at sticking to the absolute truth of the gospel and why the church is important and what the role of the church is and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And that aligns so closely with the strategy that FEBC for 75 years has adhered to as we minister the word of God to people who have never heard in some of the hardest to reach places around the planet. So it works in Alyssa Viejo, Southern California, and it works in small villages in rural China and Indonesia. It's a very like-minded ministry, Compass Bible Church, isn't it? And he's a very wise man, and I just love what he has to say in this interview. All right, we heard part one last week, part two now on Until All Have Heard. Well, I'm here today with my pastor, Mike Fabaris, who's a wonderful expositor of God's Word. And I'm just particularly moved by the foundation principles upon which, Mike, you've developed this church. And what is important in terms of a church and uh, theologically? What, what is it that you can share with our listeners today about what you think is critically important for a church to do? Yeah. Well, this has always been foundational, but it seems more urgently foundational today than ever before. And that is the absolute confidence that God has spoken, to put it in Francis Schaeffer's terms, that in his word, in propositional sentences, God has put his mind on paper. And today, the downgrade on the view of scripture, I think, has to be um, wrestled with by every church leader, and you've got to come to the place where either you, be- either you believe the Bible is, you know, man's best thoughts about God, or you've got to believe that it is God's thoughts on paper. And I think any fair student, uh, of course, they need. Um, to get that spiritual blindness out of the way, first of all. But if you can look objectively at Scripture with the fingerprints of God all over this Mm. book with predictive Mm. prophecy, you're stuck with the fact that this is not the product of human ingenuity. This is God's revelation to man in writing. And and because of that, uh, you have to be a biblically-centered ministry. You have to say these are binding truths given to us. And, of course, so much of the narrative of Scripture is leading us to understand our need, the problem of sin. Christ has come to solve that, to live the perfect human life in our place, to die as the criminal or the liar or the adulterers that we are and be able to have that sin expiated, to have it satisfied before the tribunal of God, uh, and then to live in response to that uh, by having a penitent faith or trusting that God has, because of Christ, taken my sin away and that I'm going to follow him in this world. But it's all based on the scripture. When we were starting this church 15 years ago, um, I wanted Bible right in the middle of the name, right? Compass Bible Church. And there's a lot of Bible churches out there, but uh, I'm not the first one to want that to be the moniker of the mm-hmm. church. But we have to be people that hold God's word up high. Yeah. Yeah. We have to believe that it is a God-breathed document. And, and you can have church without believing that, but eventually you find yourself drifting without an anchor. You don't have the mooring to the to foundational stone, the rock of God's revelation. And uh, you eventually are going to give away the barn because 
you're going to have so many pressures, as Paul said, you're going to be driven and tossed by every wind mm-hmm. of doctrine. Mm-hmm. We need to know what the truth is. And so our church is based on the foundation of the Bible being God's word. We often say we have a high view of scripture. And because of that, we have a high view of God because that scripture speaks so clearly about who God is, and that puts us in perspective, and that leads us to be a gospel-preaching, evangelistic church because the answer is in Christ for us to solve our sin problem. And uh, so that's what it's all about, but it really starts with the foundation of a revelation from God that we can trust. Hmm. The Bible is God's word, and uh, and we're stuck with that. There's some days I'd like to think it's not God's yeah, word. I'd like yeah. to say I'd like to write my own book, but uh, I, I can't. As a yeah. human being, I'm yeah. subject to the word and truth of God. You know, as I travel around the world with the Far East Broadcasting Company, I I have been in many small churches, many churches where pastors don't have the kind of training that's available here in the United States. And it's shocking to me uh, Pastor Mike, that many of these churches are much less tempted at getting off of God's word than they are here in the United States. Mm. I mean, I have been in places where I've heard Muslim background believers standing up in the church and saying, I want to know exactly what God's word says. Teach me God's word. You're Christians. Your radio station is broadcasting uh, content about Christianity. Don't play music. Don't encourage us how to have a better life. I want to hear God's word. Teach me what the Bible says. But yet, here in the United States, it feels like there's this draw to say, well, we want to adapt it. We want to modify it. We want to make it sound more friendly and more inviting to people. Why do you think that is? Well, part of it is the fact that we are in peacetime with a pretty low price tag in America uh, in that to stick to the truth of the gospel, um, you know, we can uh, we can get away with uh, – Living in a in a world that doesn't separate the men from the boys, so to speak. There's mm. there's mm. a price to be paid, and I think that often helps you to hold much more tightly to the truth because you know that uh, there's persecution mm. involved in that. And today, I, I just think I, you can have a church at, on one corner that teaches the truth in America, and a church on another corner that compromises the truth, and most of them stay unmolested in society. Mm. Now, that's getting that's changing, and I do think uh, there are issues in America that are going to separate these churches, and mm. some are going to pay the price. We're already starting that process in America, but I think when that happens, the churches that are going to hold to the word, uh, they're going to say, that's all I want. I've already given up the, the quest of trying to be pleasing to my culture. Mm-hmm. I've already given up the desire to fit in with my society. And that, to me, uh, helps people clarify their, their appetite. And, and unfortunately today, too much compromise uh, based on wanting to fit in and mm-hmm. wanting to fit mm-hmm. in is so mm-hmm. often uh, the pervasive view when mm-hmm. you're living in a mm-hmm. comfortable peacetime church. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you've put your finger on it. I was thinking about the house churches that I've been in in China and seen the conditions that they have. Uh, there's no coffee and donuts at the break time. Uh, there's no soft padded pews. As a matter of fact, many of the churches have no pews at all. Um, very few of the people actually own a Bible themselves, but it doesn't slow them down. Uh, they will sit for hours and listen to good Bible instruction, and they're hungry for God's Word. And those house church pastors, I've heard say often— the church grows the most in times of persecution, and they're certainly getting it now. Um, there's quite a clampdown on on illegal assemblies of house churches in countries like China and other places. 
but yet it doesn't dampen their enthusiasm and their hunger for the word. Absolutely. I was talking to a missionary from India uh, this last weekend, and he just spoke of the increasing persecution and yet how that does purify the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the, the layer of fat, as I like to say, it's just, mm-hmm. it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's people that are there assembling because they know I've already given up my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. I've given up everything to follow him. If it costs me everything, it's mm-hmm. fine. I just want to hold mm-hmm. to the truth of the gospel. And when you see that and you can separate the fluff, and there's a lot of fluff sometimes, it's a helpful, convenient mm-hmm. fluff. Air conditioning is nice. Padded pews mm-hmm. are nice. That's mm-hmm. great. Coffee and donuts are nice. But um, I remember sitting in a, in a hut in Irian Jaya, and I was asked by uh, one of the pastors through a translator about some Bible issues and questions regarding the church. As we sat on this floor, this wooden floor, on this stilted hut, and a scorpion kind of just waltzed between us. <laughs> he didn't break. He was concerned about the question and what the Bible had to mm-hmm, say about mm-hmm. this issue regarding the church. And I remember trying not to break stride thinking, you know, I, I, this guy's concern for the eternal truths of God's word uh, supersede, you know, his comfort, his, uh, you know, the threat of scorpion stings. He wants just to know. And that was so inspiring for me in, in leaving that mission field that day as a visitor, an outside American pastor coming in, thinking, um, that's how I need to be. Mm. The, the coffee doesn't matter. The donuts not, doesn't matter. We aren't, doesn't mean we're not going to have them. Right. If I can get the right. scorpions out of my house, I want the scorpions out of my house. But above all else, I want to know what God says. Yeah. And I want to respond to it because he's the king. And one day I'll answer to him. Yeah. And I just think that eternal perspective is important. And that certainly will help us uh, decide what what's important to us if we know where all this heads and that it's all about God. It's all about standing before him one day and then we think, okay, if it's inconvenient here, if it costs me here, if we lose our tax privileges as a, as a nonprofit church or whatever it might be, if we get persecuted, if we get thrown in jail. Yeah. I mean, look at Hebrews 11. They, they, they were people that were conquering from the dimension and perspective mm-hmm. of yeah. God's truth right. and yet being sawn into, yeah. being stoned to death, That's destitute. Right. That's I, right. I just think, got to get our priorities straight. Yeah, And I think it's encouraging for our listeners to hear what others around the world are doing Mm. for their faith. Um, I'll wrap this up by telling you a story that's one of my favorites. It's a man in Pakistan. Of course, Pakistan is the Islamic Republic, 99.5% or so are Muslim and very few evangelical Christians. And uh, as a response to one of our broadcasts, a listener wrote in and said, you know, I've become a follower of Jesus Christ because of your radio broadcast, and I'm the happiest man on the earth. I'm the happiest man on earth. Unfortunately, when um, my employment figured out that I was a Christian, they fired me and I lost my job. And when I couldn't any longer provide for my family, my wife kicked me out of my home Mm. and told me I couldn't live there anymore, even though I bought the home and owned it. And my kids won't talk to me. So here's a man who lost his job, lost his house, lost his wife, lost his children, And he still says he's the happiest man on earth. Mm -hmm. And there's just a little piece of me that says we need to enthuse people in America with that kind of story, with that kind of understanding, because we have been given a gift which is so incomparable to anything that we have in this life. Absolutely. And we just take it for granted. And we do. No, it's so good. Yeah, it's like the man who finds the treasure in the field. He sells everything he has to get that treasure. Yeah. And and that— is the treasure of knowing that my sins are forgiven, that I have Christ as my advocate, and that I'm going to stand before my judge accepted fully in Christ. 
What a great, great story. And what a privilege to have you as a pastor here in Southern California, teaching my wife and I every Sunday, and an inspiration to our international organization, Far East Broadcasting Terrific. Company. Pastor Mike, thanks so much for joining us Thank today. Thank you, Ed. My pleasure. Back in the studio with Ed Cannon. Now that you've had some time to think about the conversation, what are, you, what are your takeaways, Ed? Well, I heard him say twice in this interview that one day we're going to have to stand before the king and answer to him. And as I listen to Mike preaching Sunday after Sunday, he continues that message and he goes a little deeper and he says, not only are we going to one day stand before the king and answer for what we did, we're going to have to answer for those things that we failed to do, Mm. things that he wants us to do. Sobering, huh? And it's such a challenge for us uh, in this world today to say, what is it that God is calling us to do? that we're not responding to. It's not enough to just say, I'm avoiding doing the things he said, don't do that. But we also have to think about the challenges of doing what he told us to go out and do. And I'm reminded of the final uh, words of Christ to his apostles, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then this is the part that often is forgotten and teaching them to obey everything yeah, I have commanded. Very important. And so we have to be bold with our proclamation of the word. We have to be brave in this world to say, we're here for a reason. And the reason is not just to enjoy life and to be friends with our neighbors, but rather to tell them the truth, mm-hmm. to proclaim the word of God constantly, day in, day out. And you know, Wayne, I am just inspired when I'm around people living in places like Pakistan and China that they're bold with their face yeah. despite incredible oppression. They really do inspire us. Uh, why don't we wrap up by praying for them? Would you do sure. that, Ed? I will. First, I'd like to say thanks to Mike Fabaris for being yes. with us on that yeah. interview. He's uh, Focal Point Ministries. You can listen online. Mm-hmm. Lord, we're just grateful for uh, passionate pastors in the world who proclaim your truth, and not just some of your truth, but all of your truth who inspire us all to be followers of Jesus Christ the way he would have it. And Lord, as we think about these staff around the world, uh, putting your gospel into broadcasts in uh, over a hundred languages, we just pray that their boldness would come through in their message and the truth of your word would be so effective as it goes through the ear and into the heart of our listeners that they too would be inspired to follow Jesus Christ We pray for their protection. We pray that you would give them wisdom and knowledge in how best to communicate your gospel. And Lord, in the end of the day, we thank you for the privilege to serve you in churches like Compass Bible Church in Alyssa Viejo, churches all across America that preach the truth, and to serve through organizations like the Far East Broadcasting Company. And Lord, today I am grateful for all those who pray for this ministry and uh, understand what we do through opportunities to speak like this podcast and our daily radio program. We're grateful, Lord. We thank you for your son, and we thank you in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ed. And by the way, if you missed part one of the conversation with Pastor Mike Fabares, it's in the podcast archive. That's a beautiful thing about a podcast. It's available on demand, so you can go back and listen backwards, so to speak. So again, thanks to both Ed and Mike for that conversation today. All right, our special thanks to producer Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our website is febc.org. There you can learn how to pray effectively for the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company and listeners in nearly 50 countries of the world. So go to febc.org. This has been Until All Have Heard.